for Michael, which is so interesting, and I, I'm sure more people can relate to this who, you know, who went through this, like you go for chemo, then you're cancer-free, right? Your doctor says, okay, you're cancer-free. And I on purpose say cancer-free because he was not healthy, right? He lost all his hair. He was in the worst, like as an athlete, like he was, his immunity was down. He had no energy, everything. And that's really where the journey of health started. My first recommendation for anyone starting a business, start with one or with three SKUs, not more. Don't start with seven. Big mistake. Little did we know. We were in 2021, like uh, 60 million. So that's also on the web somewhere. So that's to be found. So we grew uh, as a little Dutch European founder. I think we are a good size business. You know what I've learned? It's not so much about the revenue is just a number, right? I think for me, it's way more about what are the amount of people we're impacting. And I think that's always the number also internally. And I've had to remind myself over years, right? Because if you if you raise money and like the game of business can get you can get so stuck on that number. But I think it's really and, and on ecom, right? You see all these numbers, but it's important to realize what do these numbers actually mean? I think playing sports at a young age teaches you a lot of things and uh, went in the end, actually played college tennis in the US for like three and a half years. So, you know, that has been a threat for my life. And Michael, me always joke when we stopped, you know, kind of stopped playing professional tennis, like we put that energy in our business, right? A little bit that obsessiveness that we used to have in our youth already, we we put that in. He's a tennis player as well. We We met actually in college, both playing tennis. So on today's episode, an ex-professional tennis player shares her journey from helping her partner beat cancer to launching and scaling a hugely successful purpose-driven digital native super brand. This is the 2X e-commerce podcast hosted by Kunle Campbell. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host, Kunle Campbell. On today's episode, I'm joined by Christelle Degroot, the co-founder and CMO of Your Super, a superfood brand that aims to make healthy eating more accessible. Christelle shares her journey from being a professional tennis player to starting a health-focused brand, the importance of clean ingredients and the role of retention in building a successful e-commerce business. Here's a bit of a big bit of the backstory of the brand. Your Super was founded in 2015 when Christelle's partner, Michael, was diagnosed with cancer at just the age of 24. After he beat cancer and went into remission, Christelle painstakingly ensured that his diet was ultra clean, healthy, and vegan. This experience helped the couple to create a brand that made it easy for people to incorporate superfoods into their daily diets. They started by creating a simple seven-day detox plan that included their signature superfood mix. The mix contained seven of the most nutrient-dense superfoods in the world and designed to help boost energy levels, support immune system, and improve overall health. The brand quickly gained a following and expanded their product line into additional you know, superfoods, including mixes designed specifically for immunity, gut health, and energy. Today, your super is a thriving 50 million plus in revenue business, believe it's not largely from their e-commerce D2C operations. 
with a mission to making healthy eating easy and accessible for everyone. So why should you listen to this episode? First, you're going to learn about the importance of building a brand. Crystal stresses the significance of creating a strong brand image and how it has been a key factor in the success of your super. She explains how having a brand with a clear message and values helps build trust with customers and differentiate the company from from competitors. You're going to understand the value of customer feedback. Crystal emphasizes the importance of listening to and acting on customer feedback and how it has helped your super to improve its products and customer experience. She shares strategies on how to collect and analyze customer feedback and how to use it to make informed business decisions. Thirdly, Christelle discusses the benefits of using natural whole food ingredients in your super's products and how it has helped differentiate the brand in a crowded health and wellness space. She explains the importance of transparency in ingredient sourcing and the impact it's had in building trust with customers. You're going to also gain inspiration from Christelle's entrepreneurial story overall. Christelle shares her successful, shares her, her journey from being a, a professional tennis player to becoming you know, an entrepreneur that's really thriving. She provides insights on the challenges she's faced along the way and how she's overcome them, as well as advice on how to stay motivated and focused on your goals. So if you want a masterclass on the importance of building a brand with a clear mission, the power of customer feedback and the value of prioritizing retention over acquisition, among other valuable tips for building a successful e-commerce business, then pay attention. So without further ado, let's get started. Let's take a short pause to hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Today, I'd like to introduce you to the highest rated live chat app on Shopify called Tidio. Tidio is a robust and highly versatile live chat and customer success platform that enables you to provide personalized shopping experiences increase customer satisfaction and sales, and manage all your communication channels on a single dashboard. It also lets you automate up to 47% of recurring questions enabled by its deep Shopify integration. Not only is Tidio great for increasing customer satisfaction and sales, but it is also budget-friendly. With the Tidio Plus plan, you get a dedicated customer success manager, personalized training sessions, and more. As an e-commerce coach and operator, I consistently recommend Tidio to other e-commerce operators and have it installed on our brand websites. I've seen the benefits firsthand, so I definitely recommend that you check it out. Tidio powers over 300,000 brand websites, including companies like Shell, Wellbot, and Value Furniture. To take control of your customer relationships today, that would in turn supercharge your growth and set the stage for success, head to tidio.com forward slash 2x. That is T-I-D-I-O dot com forward slash 2X. A special discount on Tidio Plus for 2X e-commerce podcast listeners awaits you. Hey, Christelle. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Um, I know we're going to be talking about some really, really cool stuff. Brilliant stuff. First, first things first, where, where are you calling in from? Uh, I'm in New York at the moment, uh, and uh, this year is a funny year. Uh, we're living everywhere and nowhere, uh, but <laughs> we were basically one or two months, and right now it's New York. Yeah, I, I actually thought you're you're going to you're going to say California, but um, yeah, New York. How, how's the weather there? 
Uh, it's literally snowing. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> we'll move right on to the, part. <laughs> to the to the next episode. It's the next question. But um, yeah, speaking to what you guys have done in in in, in your super, um, it's it's just been phenomenal. I I don't want to take too much light. You know, you you're going to tell your story, right? But let's jump back to your back story. You know, who who are you? You could even speak a bit to Michael, your co-founder and, and partner. Um, yeah, I, I just want to know who you are, where you grew up. Um, you certainly sound European, not American. Um, I, uh, could you give us a, a background on on yeah. the child, Christelle, the child to 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 Christelle, the the e-commerce entrepreneur, the, the food and beverage entrepreneur? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm Dutch, so that's why I have this great accent. Uh, Michael's German, so I have some German accent mixed nice. in as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I grew up in, in Holland, very pretty normal youth, actually, uh, around Amsterdam in a slightly smaller town. Mm. And uh, the one thing that really did, a couple of things, actually. Uh, one is that I was a crazy tennis player and from a very young age, Mm. Uh, played a lot of tennis um, and I think playing sports at a young age teaches you a lot of things and uh, went in the end actually played college tennis in the US for like three and a half years so you know it that has been a threat for my life and Michael me always joke when we stopped you know kind of stopped playing professional tennis like we put that energy in our business right mm. like a little bit that obsessiveness that we used to have in our youth already we we put that in he's a tennis player as well we met we met actually in college both playing tennis mm. um another really distinctive thing from my youth is that I had eczema actually already from a baby on and um what it taught me from a really young age, like I remember even in my, you know, when I was 10 years old or something, my mom also used to take me to more holistic doctors and everything is, but what I realized is that if I eat something, I would either get a rash or I wouldn't get a rash. So like that made that connection between what you eat and your health and your body. I was like, oh, there is a connection between those two. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was just so apparent, which I think is, um, we all kind of have to learn that, right. That it really does matter what you eat, like you are what you eat. So um, yeah, it has been a journey, um, met Michael in college and then really where the story from your super actually started was, uh, when he was sick. So he was sick when he was 24, I was 22 at the moment. Uh, he got cancer mm. and, um, that kind of like put our, you know, both our lives upside down. Um, he went, he had surgery, he went for chemo. Um, and during that time I watched a movie Forks Over Knives and that kind of changed you know, like that was such an aha moment in that movie. They talk about epigenetics and if you eat plant-based, how you actually, you know, you can turn off some of those genes and reduce your risk for cancer. And I was just like, well, my mom had cancer when I was younger. He has cancer. It's like, okay, I'm plant-based literally the next day. And, um, for Michael, which is so interesting. And I, I'm sure more people can relate to this who, you know, who went through this, like you go for chemo, then you're cancer-free, right? Your doctor says, okay, you're cancer-free. And I, on purpose, say cancer free because he was not healthy, right? Mm -hmm. He lost all his hair. He was in the worst, like as an athlete, like he was, his immunity was down. He had no energy, everything. And that's really where the journey of health started. That's kind of where he was more open. I could step in and it's like, okay, as a health nut, it's like, we're going to do a detox. <laughs> we're going to eat all these plants. I had all the superfoods in my cupboard and, um, he, you know, I kind of jerked him to Whole Foods and made, tried to make him buy all those 30 bags as well. He was like, this is too expensive, too complicated, not doing this. 
And um, I just had an empty jar and just threw everything together. Uh, a lot of greens, especially mm-hmm. for him. I said, whatever you do, just take this every single day. And he did, and he started to feel better. Um, and that's really where the kind of the clicked where we're like, okay, there are a lot more people like Michael, right? Who do want to use some of those very powerful ingredients um, and where superfoods are a really easy way to just get more plants into your diet, uh, but they don't necessarily know where to start. Um, so that's really was where our journey started to actually say, hey, maybe we're going to, you know, like slowly start a business out of this. Hmm. Really, really powerful stuff there. Um, first of all, tennis. Um, I, I, you know, I play tennis, not, not professionally, but the, the one thing I've picked up from tennis is the fact that's an individual sport, you know, despite it being really a team sport behind the scenes, you know, it's, it's down to you when you're on the court. Yeah. The question, question I have is how's that sort of sense of ownership, complete ownership, you know, um, on court translated in business. And what's the name of the movie you said you watched um, that, um, uh, you know, the movie is Forks Over Knives. Um, okay. I recommend. I mean, there are a couple of good movies. I think Forks Over Knives is a great one. I think Game Changers is another fantastic movie that I always recommend people to watch. Um, but tennis, yeah, it's very individual. Actually, um, only in college for me, it really became more of a team sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but growing up, like, yeah, you're, I mean, if you go to tournaments, everything, you're just by yourself, right? So I think you're learn so many things from you learn winning, you learn losing from points to games, right? Like all mm-hmm. of it. Um, I think you learn so much discipline from it as well. Um, and I think it's, it's this piece of it's independence. I'm a very independent person actually. And it's funny because I've sometimes as the company skilled further, right. And the team also became big. Um, I also had to learn to like work more in teams and I've, you know, because I, I, working by myself is something that goes very easily, which is probably mm-hmm. also part of tennis. Just like, okay, you know, I'm by myself. I'm just doing my thing, like go for it. But as we know, as a company skills that you get more people, it's also really important. Like, okay, how do you actually do, you know, both as well? Um, so it has been, um, so yeah, so many different things, but I think it's that, that piece of just up and down, which I think you have in a startup so much, right? Because from the outside, it always looks like one big success and we only hear the success stories. Um, But it's not that like that, right? Business is only ups and downs within, sometimes even within a day, you hear 20, you know, you hear two amazing things and two things where you like kind of are just slapped in the faces, uh, but you just keep going. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the pieces that, you know, we've, we've learned. And I think it's very much also a mental aspect, a kind of a resilience that, that we've learned in our youth. Okay. Okay. We're going to do an exercise now. We're, we're, we're going to go back in time. We're going to get some timestamps clear. Um, yeah. First things first is Michael's diagnosis of, of, of cancer and where he was. Was he in college in the United States? Because in my notes, I have the fact that you started operations initially in Europe. Yeah. just want to sort of match that up. Um, yeah, so that is, uh, he was diagnosed 10 years ago. Uh, wow. So 2013, um, early in the year. And uh, he just finished his master's. He did his master's in Germany and he actually just came back from a kind of a, a four-month India, kind of where he finished up his master's. Mm-hmm. Um, so on top of the world, kind of, right. We kind of come out of college, you just studied abroad again in India. And, um, 
you know, for us, like even just being athletes, right there, you have this full trust in your body because you're always, you're very much as playing a lot of sports. You are just more in touch with your body too. Mm -hmm. So I think that was for him a huge, uh, yeah, like you lose trust in your body there as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but back to the time stamp. So that happened then. And then the business we started uh, a year after that. So that was, has been now nine years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, we started actually in, uh, Amsterdam originally. We had a little apartment there and we started mixing uh, different powders by hand and we had a little certified organic room. <laughs> so really, wow. I mean, I was 23 years old when we started the business. I was an absolute baby who didn't know anything, yeah. uh, never really had a real job besides some internships. And um, then a year after that, we moved to Berlin. So like we, we actually have been in different European countries there as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And did did tennis have to sort of take a, a back seat at the time? Was 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 tennis exclusively this is what we're going to do in college and and that's it? Or um, did you were there other prospects of tennis beyond college where you decided, look, this is bigger than tennis? I think for both of us, um, and it's interesting now, right? Ten years, I mean, you're older and everything, and you look back, but at that time. Uh, we were both pretty clear that after, you know, like we loved that we, you know, tennis gave, gave us the opportunity to, you know, with scholarships study in the US and that felt really good and we had a fantastic time. But I think we were also very clear on like, okay, we didn't want to live that life of traveling across the world to all the little tournaments and to all, you know, it's, it's, we, again, we only see like the top 10 and it's such a fantastic life. Right. But to really get there, that's a long road ahead. And and we, we didn't want to do that. Um, I think we both also really, um, yeah, we're excited to also start that other part of our professional career and, you know, trying to figure that piece out as well. Well, and then you, you took an even more challenging route, which is entrepreneurship and, and, and building out, you know, this, this fantastic, um, you know, good for you brand. Okay. So it's it's right now you, you have you know a lot of skews uh, you know a, a lot of skews how did you make a decision on on the first few skews um did he align with with you know some of the stuff you were making michael over his recovery from chemo yeah um yeah i'd just like to to know what your your initial products were and how you brought brought them to market yeah 10 I, years ago you're going to be shocked there were seven seven um, <laughs> Okay. My first recommendation for anyone starting a business, start with one or with three skews, <laughs> not more. Don't start with seven. Big mistake. Uh, little did we know. Uh, yeah, we started with seven. One of them was super green uh, that we still have. And that was very similar to what I made uh, Michael originally. So that was definitely part of it. Um, we, and not a lot of people know this actually, but all the way in the beginning, we actually had uh, something on the website built out where you could mix your own mix. So we, people could choose actually 10 scoops of superfoods and kind of like personalize your own mix. Uh, however, what we quickly realized is that people were actually buying our pre-mixed mixes. And if they did mix something together, I was like scooping it in for them. And I was like, this is going to taste really, really bad. Um, so people didn't really know how these ingredients tasted and how, you know, how to combine them also for health benefits. So that pretty quickly went kind of off the website again. 
Um, but yeah, text, so text, textbook example of, you know, the customers really do not know what they want. <laughs> no, they really don't know what they want. They saw us as the expert and wanted us, right, to put that together right. and simplify it for them. Uh, and, and, you know, like, like I said, we were so young, we didn't necessarily know what we were doing. And we've, we have done those every step ourselves, right? From mixing the products together. We went over to the farmer's markets. I used to pack and, you know, ship the boxes out myself. I did the customer service. I like every piece in the business over the years I've, or less we have touched probably at some point we, you know, we definitely split up more. Um, but we've, you know, we've done a lot of things by ourselves to kind of learn. And then from there on, you know, give it to someone else. Mm. Right. So in terms of roles, uh, what, how have you split your roles as partners? I'm going to yeah. ask this a double barrel question within the business and how is it, how, how would you working with your partner, with your life partner at the same time? How, how do you, yeah. how do you sort of split business from, from, from the personal? Yeah. Uh, we always get that question, but <laughs> Stop. I can't imagine I doing it. Right? Has this big question mark on their forehead. It's like, how do you do this? Um, in the business, uh, it went quite naturally. Um, I took on more the, the marketing, um, you know, e-com selling and, and product innovation it was a little mm-hmm. more split, but like more really the, the formulation. And like, as I was more the health person, like that was really more me. And then we always joke, anything but marketing was Michael, uh, but like more the supply chain, uh, finance, HR, um, was all more, more on his side. Um, and then in life, how we kind of, this sounds maybe funny, but when we came out of college, right, he spoke German, uh, I spoke Dutch, um, and we struggled at that time, which like, it, like, I mean, it makes me laugh at this point, but we were like, how do we are, how do we are ending up in the same country? Like if we don't speak the same languages and, you know, like getting a job with only speaking English in Amsterdam, is not as easy as when you speak the native language. It's very, you know, in Germany, the same. Mm-hmm. So for us starting a business together also kind of solved that too, where we're like, well, at least we can, you know, we can live in the same country, we can spend time together. So that was very much also a piece of it. And we're like, okay, this is great. And um, I think that we really like spending time together. So obviously there, it's not always easy. I think there are, there are pieces of right where we are years where we just talked about business and we've learned to, you know, to balance it, balance it out more. And, uh, but we get to work together, which we really enjoy. And the, tough part is that we are so direct with each other, right? Because you're so close. So I think in a business setting, sometimes you might have a little bit more of a business etiquette and we just don't have that. Mm -hmm. And there's a beauty to that and a strength to it because you're so radically honest with each other that sometimes certain things that someone else will probably not give you that feedback. Like you do just tell each other that, but it's also sometimes hard, right? So because Mm -hmm. it is so direct. So it's something we... We've learned, but uh, at the same time, we're so grateful that we get all t- to spend all that time with each other as well. Yeah, yeah, and and um, times outside of business, do you, do you do you speak about business? Yeah, because okay. I think it all it flows, and I think life and work is very much. Um, I don't know. For me, it's not completely separated. Sometimes I wish it would be, but I think it's. 
you know, our work is also our life's mission. So yeah. it's not like, oh, you know, like I, I truly care about it. So like, I think because of that, it probably feels more like uh, it's just like all integrates into each other. Yeah. If you think about the old days, you know, the old Agarian days where everybody was kind of like a farmer, you know, um, yeah, yeah. You you lived where you worked and it was work and then you eat and, and then you play, you know, it's just, everything was kind of like integrated anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's about striking that balance, really. Well, isn't it funny? We're all, or a lot of us work now also from home, right? From so home, it's, exactly. It's all happening that way, anyways. Full circle. Um, yeah. Full circle. The other thing I've noticed here on, on 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 your website is you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You have seven, twenty, twenty-one SKUs. Has this always kind of like been the case with twenty-one SKUs? for a huge business, you know, um, you know, from yeah, an e-com we, context? We, so, I mean, we basically, I think we have right now like 12 mixes, uh, really individual. At some point we also had stick packs, um, mm-hmm. that was never online, super successful for us. People rather just buy the full can. So that is something we learned over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a huge unlock for us has been the bundles. Um, especially from, and, and that is also where you see why we have more SKUs. So we make these programs and bundles on where we basically, for example, one of our heroes is like the detox bundle mm-hmm. um, that contains, you know, all these different mixes plus a five day program on how to use the mixes and, and what to eat for five days. And mm-hmm. we actually did a clinical study on this as well. Uh, it's shocker. It works. <laughs> right. Uh, and it um, does has for us been really unlocked because as you know, in e right? Like your AOV, especially on the first order is so important. So important. Um, and that's, you know, put our AOV from the first order originally, right? When we started, it was maybe, and we struggled in the beginning too. It was like 50, 60, but then with a detox bundle and really advertising and focusing more on getting that first order to that bundle suddenly jumped to over a hundred. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, then your, your CAC and, you know, your first order ratio becomes so different right away that it made us, you know, really helped us to also scale faster. Um, okay. And it makes it easier for people to use and know what to do. Let's take a short pause to hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Let's talk about the importance of retention in e-commerce growth and the role that marketing automation plays in achieving it. When it comes to marketing automation, the gold standard platform for e-commerce is Klaviyo. I've been using Klaviyo since 2017, and I've watched it evolve from an email-only platform to a unified customer platform with integrated email and SMS capabilities. Not only have I watched it evolve, but I've been able to use Klaviyo to roll out highly targeted messaging flows to VIPs and high-risk customers who are about to churn and even implement on-site behavior-triggered message flows, all with high deliverability rates. I've never once had to worry about not being able to use Klaviyo for even my wildest automation and optimization dreams because Klaviyo has deep integration with my tech stack with over 300 integrations. It's no wonder why over 100,000 brands trust Klaviyo, including big names like Glossier, Iconic London, Wilkinson Sword, Italis, Grind, and Blenders Eyewear. And at Octelian, where we acquire digital native brands, 
in both the health and beauty and the food and beverage industries, we use Clavio in our portfolio brands like Lean Caffeine. With Clavio, you will have a single platform to personalize at scale and connect with your customers to grow more profitably and sustainably on your own terms without having to rely on expensive strategies like paid advertising. So don't wait. Try Clavio today and take control of your e-commerce growth. Get a free trial at clavio.com slash 2x. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash 2x. If you're looking to take your e-commerce growth to the next level, I highly recommend checking out Recharge for your recurring payments and subscription management needs. With Recharge, you'll be able to streamline your recurring payments, create predictability, and even further automate your business. So don't wait. Get started with the subscription platform trusted by over 50 million subscribers across the world. Try Recharge today and see how it can help you retain your customers and grow your business. So head over to rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. That is rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I, I yeah, uh, I, I think so, especially when they have a variety of, of products. So if they can test, you know, um, uh, there's a bundle here with like five products, your Forever Beauty, yeah. your Plant Protein, Magic Mushroom, Plant Collagen, and Moon Balance. You get the pack, you try everything, and you might just stick with two. You might stick with three tops, but, but and that also sets a tone. I was speaking to an entrepreneur who like they their AOV, which they've established, they're a small their small business is like thirty dollars or thirty pounds rather, and um, their trial pack is like seven pounds, and they're just finding problems with moving seven pound purchases to thirty pound, you know, um, subscribers. And like yeah. a seven pound customer is not a thirty pound customer. It's just you need to set the tone up yeah. front, right? Yeah, so interesting. So we used to have a, a trial pack as well. It was a little more expensive. I think it was fifteen fifteen euros or something. Mm-hmm. And um, we had uh, from the seven products we started with seven little sachets in there. Um, but exactly whenever we started to push that, I was like, this doesn't add up, right? Because they get that. And then obviously not everyone is going to come back and buy a full can. Um, so over time we've killed that skew. Like what I did originally is that I did, uh, you know, I think it can be interesting if, if it's, you know, not too expensive to produce for us, it just economically didn't make sense. Add it to the order as a freebie. Great. Mm -hmm. Right. Then it becomes this really interesting marketing campaign, which I think can be fantastic, right? Like, hey, you get this if you order over this amount. And like then you use it right as a marketing tactic. Exactly. But selling it on its own and like going for that low AOV, I think in the and then in the econ world we live now, right? Where the CACs only have been getting higher the last couple of years. I think mm-hmm. that's a, that's a tough one to um to to kind of break. And to your point, it is a different customer. Yeah. And, and you also mentioned the fact about of, of tubes, you know, this sachets or, or tubes. Yeah. I, I know there's a difference between sachets and tubes, but I, I don't know that the, the, I don't have the, the terminology for the tubes. Yeah, we call the, them cans. I don't know. Okay. So okay. All cans. <laughs> yeah. So the perceived value there versus, you know, no, I mean, I mean like sachets, you know, you know, when you have like um, sugar sachets, 
when you go to a coffee shop, yeah. some, some, some food brands tend to put each serving in, you know, some sort of tube or a, a sachet, really a sachet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the perceived value is different from a sachet, like a pack of 30 versus, you know, a, a tub with like 37 servings, right? I thought you, you... Yeah, we've, what we, what I think in Europe, because it's very interesting, right? The operates in the European and the US markets. In Europe, people just don't like it naturally already for the environment. Like, I think they're way more sensitive to that. And they, yeah. I think they really do want to do good, right? Whereas in the US, I think people are more, you see it also more in supermarkets. So people are more used to it. Mm-hmm. I think for retail, having sachets makes total sense, right? Putting it next to a cashier, like yeah. pick up and like, the, you know, the product trial. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's super powerful. Um, I think for e-com, I think it's just, and obviously it's the nature of the product too. Not everyone wants to the whole day take this little sachet of superfood to everywhere they go, right? Mm-hmm. They, often what we've learned is that they use it in their morning, in their morning or two in routine when they're still at home. Um, so like that is more their use case when they travel. Yes. There might be this occasional like trip, family trip or holiday or, you know, business trip that might be slightly different, but then they might still just take one or two of the cans that they use most often. Mm-hmm. So I think at the end of the day, every business is going to be different. I think what's super important. You hear me a lot talk about the customer is to really, truly understand who is your customer and how are they using them? When are they using your products? How are they using the products? And to like, just really get to know them. What I've done in the early days, I did so many customer calls where actually I would just interview customers for half an hour on Zoom hmm. and just ask them everything about like the products, their life. And I just wanted to know who they are and their story. Um, and I've recorded a lot of those stories too. And some of those stories we've actually used in our advertising too, hmm. right? So like, it's, it's funny how like, even though that was not necessarily the intention, because you know, I just wanted to get to know them. Like their stories were so powerful that I got so inspired by their stories. I was like, we need to share these actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. For listeners who, who, who want to get some context, how, how big is, is super, is, is your super from a revenue standpoint, if you're allowed to share that? Yeah. So we, um, we were in 2021, like, uh, 60 million. So that's also on the web somewhere. So that's to be found. So we mm-hmm. grew a, uh, as a, a little Dutch European founder, I think we are a good size business. Little, I, I, I get that. <laughs> uh, but uh, it has been, um, you know what I've learned? It's not so much about the revenue is just a number, right? Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's way more about what are the amount of people we're impacting. And I mm-hmm. think that's always the number also internally. Um, and I've had to remind myself over years, right? Because if you if you raise money and like, the game of business can get, you can get so stuck on that number, but I think it's really, and, and on e-com, right? you see all these numbers, but it's important to realize what do these numbers actually mean? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think business is actually very much also like a, like actually Tony Robbins says it, but I truly agree. It's like more of a spiritual game, yeah. right? Like you're, they're real people and you're touching their lives and it's like truly understanding and having that right intention of, okay, how am I helping them and how can I actually do better? Yeah, well, that's why I made the decision to to focus more on actual physical products versus like software, you know, as a service. It just feels yeah. to me, I feel more connected yeah, in a way sense. with, with yeah. physical products. Yeah, we just make our lives a little more difficult, but <laughs> I feel yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's just, I mean, and there's this piece of when you create something, right? And you build yeah. something 
and you can touch yeah. it. It's like it's, it. it just yeah. hits different. Yeah. Yeah. I, I 100% agree. Okay. So just playing the timestamp game again, how long were you bootstrapped for? When did you realize, geez, for us to make this impact we're looking to make in the world, we need to raise capital? Yeah. So we, uh, it, we raised, um, for a year long, we basically only did like, went to farmer's market, blended by hand, and it was fantastic time, really hard work. <laughs> and uh, about a year after, you know, we did that and we're like, okay, to actually make the next step, we need to actually start producing something, right? And if you want to produce something, obviously the quantities were a little higher. Um, so then we raised a very small round. I think it was like 100K or something from friends and family. Um, and it was funny because we thought that, well, this is it. We never need to raise money anymore. This is great. Um, well, little did we know. Um, and, uh, and by the way, I think that's so important for people to realize you don't need to know. Right. Sometimes just being that like we were so naive and I think it's great. You don't need to know what you need to know 10 years down the line. Right. Just start with step one and two. Don't worry about step hundred. You're going to like figure it out over time. And I think we often get stuck on steps way further down the line and trying to figure those out without just starting with step one and two. Mm. Um, and then, uh, I think it was like a year later, we raised a little seed round from like 500 startups. Uh, we did an e-com training. Their Asian fund invested, which has been funny. Mm. Um, and uh, the uh, Kai who invested was also a very big plan. It was a plan based. So he was just, he just saw it because they more, normally invest more in tech. Mm. And um, we did an e-com training with them. And I think that's really where I started to learn more about e-commerce because obviously we were trying to figure it out, but we had like a one month immersion. What, what year was this? Sorry for cutting you short. It was 2000, I want to say 2016, if I say mm. that correctly, or 2007. Uh, yeah, I think in 2016. Yeah. Mm. And, um, and then in 2017, we were... Um, that's when they made the decision we wanted to actually go to the US market. Um, we were actually struggling in, in the European market. I think we were very early. I think in Germany, which was the market we focused on most, we were in Berlin at the time. We moved to Berlin. Uh, we were still explaining what a smoothie was. Oh, so wow. let alone <laughs> tell people trying to sell them powder, right? And like, oh, you need to use wheatgrass. Oh, you need to use maca. I mean, it was just like so many steps further. Yeah. And we did see that we got, you know, a bunch of orders from the US, like 10, 15% of orders were from the US. Uh, so we called customers up. It's like, why are you ordering from us? And they're like, you're not using stevia. It's so clean. Oh, you're sourcing different. And that was kind of this moment where we're like, okay, let's just, you know, and it was very much a feeling also. It's like, let's just go to the US. And we had some European investors, right? And not a lot, but some, and, you know, just mentors and stuff. And they were like, no, you first have to make the European market work before you're allowed to go to the US. And we're just like, no. We're just going to go. Let's do it. We're just going to go. I we, we knew it. Logically, maybe it didn't make sense. And it was, again, naive. But at the same time, it just felt like we just needed to do it. And um, you know, it's, U.S. is really the market that scaled, you know, initially. It still took us, you know, like we basically moved there in 2017, more launched the U.S. business around beginning to 18. And um, 
it still took us, you know, four or five months to figure it out. But once we kind of had that unlock with the bundles and like understand how to like storytell, people were ready and more, you know, like we didn't have to explain some of those basics to that market initially. So that really helped. And it's the funny thing is that Europe also started to scale like one or two years after that. Um, but we were just too early. Mm. There's a lot to unpick from there. Um, first things was what you said about you don't need to know and it's okay. You don't need to know till yeah. you know, you know, um, just learn, experience, let the novelty come in and, you know, face, face the new information and process it and, and, and go forward with it. Yeah. The second was, was um, around 500 startups. I, uh, it's so odd to me that, um, you know, first of all, the, the Asian arm of it, you know, invested in you, but um, they they tend to do tech. But yeah. Did you have yeah. other e-commerce or consumer brand um, in your cohort or um, was no. it just you? No, it was us. And um, we, uh, this is actually kind of a funny story because, I mean, we were literally all over the place. We didn't, in the beginning, we didn't know if we were only e-com brands or also retail. We didn't know what markets. And somehow we ended up having a booth on the web summit in Ireland. Wow. And you know, we, we did a lot of crazy stuff. And um, it was fantastic, but it was hilarious because we were standing there between all these tech companies and we were handing out smoothies from our little booth that we were blending up. And it was literally, I mean, one meter. And we would give people the smoothies and they were like, what do you do? And we're like, you know, we, uh, which is obviously what we did, but like we said, we source all the most powerful ingredients from all over the world. You know, we put them in these mixes and they're all like, wow, it's so fascinating. It must be so hard, like a physical product. And there, and I was looking at all these tech companies and I was like, I don't understand one bit of what you guys are doing. <laughs> so it was just, we were such an odd bird there. And somehow we, you know, we met Kylie from 500 startups there and you know, he was plant-based and he loved, you know, like making, you know, our products and he always made smoothies in the morning. So there was just like this instant connection mm. and, uh, you know, he took a, he took a chance on us. And I think that's, it's, it's just funny how sometimes putting yourself in those situations, right? Like, I don't know, like I remember we were, Michael, we were standing on the street and we we're like, oh, shall we go to this one more party or tired? I'm just like, let's, you know, what if he, because we knew he would be there and we wanted to talk to him and like, what if he invests? And we're like, oh, okay, let's just go. Right. And we literally on the dance floor. But <laughs> 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 that's just like life, right? You need to like yeah. just put yourself in those situations and you know, like life just like, just follow your, your gut instinct and like your intuition. That's so powerful. I think that's, that's the, that's a, the biggest point you've made in, in this conversation. And it's not exactly an actionable point. You, you just have to try. You have to try and try and try. It's, it's not like an exact point yeah. where it's like, you know, to increase AOV, you need to do this. It's, it's like just create opportunities by meeting and connecting with people you never know. You know, serendipity comes for, for those who you know, expose themselves to it. Yeah. And I think business is... Um, I think that's the same for whether it's hiring business decisions. I think we are, we have this tendency in our world to always go right brain and like logic and like, Oh, I need to look at the data because that's where the answer is. And like, I'm not saying the data is not important because obviously it's very supportive, but like to truly make a decision in the end, you just have to make a decision and you're not going to find the answer anywhere, but you know, in yourself actually. And I think, 
I personally I have learned to trust my feeling mm. because if I look back where I have not and listened only to my mind, it has, you know, those are sometimes just the wrong decisions and not mm. always. Right. But I think it's very important to match the two up together. And I think we don't value our intuition in business. And I don't think we get taught to listen to that often enough. I think it's kind of ignored like, oh, yeah, you're just like this, you know, I don't know. It's just I don't even know why it is that way. But I think it's just really important to like really value that piece in business as well. It is. Absolutely. I I liked a tweet this morning from Rand Fishkin from SEO Moz back in the days and um, just reading it out now is like the best markets and opportunities are usually the least measurable and and that just resonated you know with 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 me which which is what you what you just said okay so um another sort of daft weird question i want to ask is like how do you make a powder um particularly you know i can understand if you're like a nutritionist and you know you've been taught in in a you know in in university or in a course but you know as an individual um most of us just make smoothies right you, you yeah. put it in the juicer, <laughs> you make smoothie and you say it's, it's healthy. You, you put your kale, you put, you know, um, your matcha, you know, w- whatever you want to put in there and, and you make yeah. a juice. But a powder, to just come up with a powder as an individual um, and, you know, have a room that's, you know, certified organic and, and do it. What, where did you learn to, to make powders? Yeah, so... Um, I think a couple of pieces there. One is I do come, right? Like my mom and aunt are from nuclear nutritionists. So I do have okay. that background in my family of just learning about health and, and food and health, right? And that combination. And uh, I had them to le- go back and lean on. Over time, I, I have become a health coach, uh, which is not mm-hmm. a nutritionist, right? But like I've, you know, I, and I've always been that nerd. So I think, yes, I studied business, but I was only reading health articles. So I was very much immersing myself in, you know, like kind of what was happening and and always learning about new things. Um, And that I think is a piece of like, you can actually, like you don't always have to learn something in uni, right? You can also teach yourself things Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like deep diving and educating yourself. Um, Super sidetrack, right? But I just had a baby and I can tell you a lot of things about birth and pregnancy because I read like, over 10 books and I'm probably a really big nerd on this topic now. And people are mm-hmm. like, well, I know all this stuff because so, I want to know, I want to be empowered. And, um, but basically from, from there with the, you know, with the powders, like we, I was using a lot of these products myself, right. I, but always an in individual bags. So I used spirulina, I did use a wheatgrass. And I, so I was always interested in those, in those, in those products. And then when we started, um, I used Google, right? Trying to figure out where would I find this kind of ingredients? And then the first thing I kind of figured out is, right, oh, you have, right, you know, like uh, suppliers that that have a range of big, you know, like they would have like 30, 40 different ingredients. So that's kind of how we started off because we would buy like five kilograms in our little, um, in our little room. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, what we did learn then already is that I remember very particularly we ordered a wheatgrass from Germany that was very expensive and a wheatgrass from uh, China that was very cheap. Huge difference in pricing. Um, but I was like, okay, let's just order both because I'm very curious about the difference. And mm. one was green, smelled like grass, and one was kind of yellowish, didn't smell like anything. 
And that was such a pivotal moment in our business because we're like, oh, where we're going to source these ingredients is going to change completely how it tastes, right? Because a lot of yeah. things in the market, they always add flavors and stevia and then always like flavor yeah. it up. And we just use five, six ingredients and that's it. So it's very, very clean. Yeah. And um, they still taste good because of the way we source, right? So we mm-hmm. kind of skip that supplier nowadays, and we, you know, we go uh, and work with people from countries where you know those ingredients are originally used and grow. Mm-hmm. Well, maca comes from Peru. Um, Spirulina we actually get from uh, Chile and Acai, right? Comes from Brazil, so it's like you know different different parts of the world. Some local as well, right? Some. Mm-hmm. Wheatgrass and barley grass is very easily sourced from Germany or from the U.S., right? So if we can source Mm -hmm. that, we will. Um, And what we've learned, though, over time is that it's best to get the powders from the countries itself, right? So, like, if something is grown, you kind of want to dry it right away and mill it to preserve most of the nutrients. And also, Mm -hmm. if you think about it from an an environmental standpoint, it's a lot better for the environment to ship powder than it is to ship the whole whole food and Mm -hmm. make powder from it. so basically, we work with partners across the world where we want to, you know, like, you know, our um, Shatavari or our turmerics, right? They come from India. Like, mm-hmm. we get powders to um, our either production facility in the U.S. or in Germany. And that's where everything gets mixed and then basically filled in different cans. Um, so we have two, you know, supply chains basically set up. Mm-hmm. And um, so when you say two supply chains, one in the U.S. and then one in Europe. Yeah. And yeah. and so your 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 facilities in Europe and America are mixing facilities essentially, exactly. And um, your your edge, your competitive advantage is your the visibility of your supply chain, and and just the quality. You you're, you're not going to to have any nasties. Your 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 oh, it's nothing, like premium stuff coming through. Edits. And I think yeah. what's especially in the US, which is very normal for most brands, right, is that you go to uh, a production facility and they source for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, their incentive is very different. Their incentive is purely to get to buy it the cheapest and sell it the most expensive to you. Yeah. Right? And, and that is just something that is very different. Like we basically don't, we have a whole list, list of questions before we even take, you know, one of our suppliers on from one of those countries. And then we always want to have the option to visit and we have visited quite some farms over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says something if they're like, no, we don't want you to visit. Blah, blah. It's like, oh, okay, if you never want us to come over. We're not going to be working together. And this, we're not coming over to copy your business. We just co- come over because we're truly interested and want to connect to the farmers and, you know, just want to make sure everything is good. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Makes, makes, makes a lot of sense. That, that supply chain piece is, is important. Is, is that Michael? Is it, where, where does that, is, is that Michael? Is that you? Who's, who's. Yeah. We, territory. I mean, it's more supply chain side is definitely more on Michael's side. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I have visited their farms too because they're the best trips. So I'm definitely mm-hmm. going. <laughs> and that's true. Uh, right. So it's also obviously for from the consumer side, it's it's a, it's a really important piece as well. So I obviously over the years, uh, and we had actually one of our first hires was our was a supply chain manager, and mm-hmm. you know he's. Uh, He's fantastic, and um, that 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 piece is just has been so core of, of building it up. And many people say, "How do you find these people?" And it's I'm like, I don't even know, right? Over time, mm-hmm. you just like whether it's Google, whether it's going to different fairs, and you just like you just keep finding these like people who really grow ingredients just the right way. 
Mm. Right? It's organic, everything you do, but um, they also grow it like often like in a biodynamic way, right? Where did they really look at just everything, how everything, you do, every, how the soil that everything works together, that crops are rotated. And we don't even really talk about that, but like mm-hmm. that is in, for a lot of the ingredients that is the case where it's not just a monoculture. So mm-hmm. it's, um, yeah, it's fun. And I mean, if you meet the farmers, how much love goes into food? I just always want to remind people, right? Even if something is in a package, it does matter where it comes from. It does matter who it grows. And there goes a lot of hard work and love in those products. Uh, absolutely. 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 We 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 operate um, a, a food and beverage brand. It's called Lean Caffeine and another called Clean and Pure. And, you know, it's, it's just giving me more respect, you know, for, for farmers, you know, um, the the absolute lifeblood of of um of this planet essentially for, for all yeah. of us and we should be really thankful I agree. yeah so speaking of your supply chain your expertise um your your in-depth knowledge on on, on essentially nutrition as a medicine that, that's the way i see it and, and yeah. going all plant-based you have a book it's called your super life it's due to be released in in the US sometime in April, I believe it's the 14th or is it the 17th of, of April? 18th, 18th of April. 18th of April. Yeah. And then it's going to be released in the UK on the 25th of May. Okay. So what's it all about? Um, I hear it's plant-based recipes. Um, what, what should, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. What, what should, should listeners, you know, um, get excited or be ex- expect to, 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 yeah. to, to get from your super life? Um, I mean, there's a lot of different things in there. I think, A, it's not just a book for plant-based people. I think it's very, the recipes itself are very simple, a lot of under 20 minutes, um, because I think we all just want to eat more plants, right? Like that's really the the core. So even if you just change one meal, right? Or if you say, hey, it's one day per week or one meal a day, like start just switching it up. In the recipes itself, we integrate uh, also superfoods. We do some singular superfoods. There's also a page if you want to use your super mixes, but you know mm-hmm. you can use the book completely actually without your super mixes. Um, and then really a key key pieces in there is we talk about your super way of eating, which is like nine principles basically that we talk about very basic things. Basically, you can start doing to just like change the way you eat. I often have a tendency to focus on, I call it the crowding out principle, where it's not about what you cannot eat, but it's more focusing on, let's focus on eating more of the right things, right? Let's just all focus on that. I think the society we live in, we often, you know, are all focused still on counting calories, counting fats, counting carbs, protein. It's all those macro ingredients where actually our health often is way more ingrained in the micronutrients right like our vitamins minerals phytonutrients enzymes antioxidants um, and we kind of forget about that and those are found in plants right they're found in like your fruit and veggies and nine out of ten people in the u.s eight out of ten people in europe don't eat enough fruit and vegetables every single day and we're just talking about the minimum required amount right where we actually see in studies the more you eat of them, right? So also over your minimum required amount, the healthier you do get, right? So there's so much power in just eating that variety of color, right? And eating those real fruit and vegetables. Um, So that is really the core piece of the book of like, you know, our story is in there. Uh, We explain superfoods. We talk about your super way of eating. 
Uh, I'm a huge fan um, of teaching people how to make their own recipes with whatever you have in the kitchen. So there are 10 Mm -hmm. sections in there of just like the how-to sections, I call them, of how to make um, a pasta, right, in five steps, how to make a curry in five steps with whatever veggies you have at home. Um, So, yeah, I hope this I truly inspire and like can really, you know, teach people something and, and that they just start eating more plants because... I've personally um, felt the difference myself, right? I healed my eczema. Uh, I, you know, changed a lot of things in my health, but I've also seen it from hundreds and hundreds of probably million customers at this point from your super and mm-hmm. difference it can make. Uh, also doing the detox and just really eating more plants, what, what it can do. And I, I want everyone to experience that. Incredible, incredible. I'm not plant-based, but um, I I eat a lot of, of, of plants. I I... I you know, I'm, I, and I encourage the kids too. Yeah. Um, and, and that's because just watching my parents, you know, my parents are in their 70s, mid 70s now, and just eating vegetables, taking fruits has always been a part of our life. And, and it didn't go away. And, you know, I'm very thankful that I don't eat much junk food yeah. per se, but, but it's not the norm, you know, um, it's not the norm at all. It's, it's not the norm at all. My, my kids have never had a McDonald's, you know, and I have a, an 11 year old boy. I have a, uh, uh, um, a six year old, you know, son, and I have a, you know, a two year old son who's going to be two, two in, um, in, in about next week. Maybe. So, so yeah, they've never, ever had a McDonald's in, in their life or, or KFC. Well, they've had KFC, but <laughs> they haven't had a McDonald's. Um, um, and I, I pride myself with that. So, so yeah, we would definitely link to it. I, I really like your, your, um, your, your, um, your perspective on on micronutrients. We don't speak about micronutrients enough. We talk about macro, particularly in the in the health. You know, in, when you you read mainstream health, um, you know, um, yeah. um magazines and, and stuff like that. Um, and, and to your point, right? Health then often becomes only about the way you look. Correct. And I think health is about how you feel, how much energy do you have. Correct. That is true health. Right, it's not about having the most ripped body. You don't actually have to be healthy to have a ripped body. Those are two completely different stories, right? And yeah. I think that is a shift that happen, needs to happen in you know in our mind. And it's not about like, okay, I have to lose weight. I have to look a certain way. It's like no, like let's just really fuel your body with the right things, so you have the energy and that you feel mentally good, so you can actually do the things you want to do in your life. Because that's actually where it's really about. Yeah, yeah, and I think empowering people with with this knowledge, because um, a lot of people say, oh, I'm, I'm time poor. I don't, I don't have the time. I don't have the time. And if say, Hey, look, <laughs> this would only take 20 minutes of your time. Um, just make sure you get the ingredients, you know, and they're, they're not expensive, you know, they're, you know, they're accessible in stores, which is quite, quite interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, just do it. So, so is, is, is your super life, um, a, a recipe book format? Is it like a big colorful one or is it's it? A hard, it's a hardcover hard, okay. um, and uh, it has beautiful pictures, uh, which I'm very excited about oh, yes. uh, because I think it's important also to see what you're going to make, right? It's yeah. just, it's different. Um, so yeah, that's definitely all there. And then also like from meal plans, um, recommended grocery lists, like there's, there's just a lot, there's a lot okay. of information. So it's certainly a book that should be in your kitchen library, essentially. Yeah. 
Okay. Makes makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, so let's let's go back to to um to 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 more the unit economics of 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 um of, of your super, which is kind of like what is the geographic mix now in in twenty twenty three in terms of um you know where obviously I I would think it's US but but what's the percentage, and then from a I I I just searched for for use your super and I I'm seeing your super in many many marketplaces. Um, Target, Amazon. W- what is the what's distribution like? Um, if you yeah. don't mind sharing, and and then what what is the geo split? Yeah, so it's seventy five percent US, twenty five percent Europe. Um, we. What, what about the UK? Within Europe, uh, UK is our second biggest market. So it's okay. Germany first, then UK, then uh, Holland, uh, which I'm proud Dutchy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but I think the the pieces though, like for a long time, we were very much only D 2 C and very much focused on that. Um, and, and from a D to C perspective, how how big did you grow being pure play D to C? That was and smaller now, right? iOS definitely hit us. I'm not gonna like that. That mm-hmm. was something we definitely had to like adjust. Um, when we were 60 million, it was probably 95% of us that, that was DTC. Wow, that's incredible. A lot of DTC. Um, Amazon is something that we, you know, started growing three, four years ago and it has been very steady, steadily growing. So like that is becoming more and more. I think we're now getting more to like probably the 8%, 10% of the business. Um, and then, um, uh, we have launched when is it now? Almost two years ago already. In more in Target online already. And then also we're in Target stores. We're in Vitamin Shop. We're in Sprout. So in the U... And I know in Europe things are happening too. In Europe, it has also been more of a focus of just selling uh, more distribution deals, right? With different countries, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the US, it, that shift to also... And I think that has become more important, right? Mm-hmm. With Obviously, it's a skill we were at um but also like with the changes that happened online we're like okay like you know like getting into store is also a brand marketing play right like getting mm-hmm. uh, from like the discovery channel basically right. building it up um so that was just a shift we we made i sometimes think we maybe should have done it a little bit earlier we were relatively late with the skill we were at um but you know you cannot do everything mm-hmm. which but in the beginning you could, but there is a power in focusing at something and becoming really good at it. Mm-hmm. And um, you don't have to do everything. I think that's a really important piece. I think it's very important to maybe in the beginning you do a little more, you kind of see what sticks and then you go deeper, right? And really focus on the things that, you know, you that stick and you become really good at them. And you don't have to become very good at everything. Mm. That's powerful. That, that that is powerful, and and this is all with your your twenty or so SKUs. You, you haven't necessarily sort of expanded your your SKU count. It's just that focus, right? Yeah, it's a focus. We we did try bars one time because mm-hmm. our existing customer base was asking for it. It was just like not. It, it, yes, we obviously sold some to the existing customer base, but it was not where like, no, we actually don't have to do this. Uh, I'm not saying we're never going to expand, right? Like mm-hmm. I, there, we look at it now more and more also at day parts, right? A lot of our products are being used more in the morning, obviously some also at other parts, but it's still a majority is used in the morning. Mm-hmm. 
uh, where people tend to use more powders in the morning. And if you kind of go through the day, right, end of the day, people tend to use less powders, but are more indulgent, right? Like we all kind of go through that curve where it's like, okay, I do want to have my piece of vegan chocolate at night with my cup of tea. Exactly. Exactly. It's been a long day. And, and at that point in time, your, your willpower, you know, actually diminishes, you know, yeah. later in the day, which is fair. Exactly. So like, can we do something that is indulgent, but still very healthy and functional and maybe helps you sleep better? Mm. Right. So you can actually wake up refreshed. So like there are things we're really, you know, thinking about. Um, obviously I also always look at my own life too, right? Because yeah. I look at my own habits. I'm like, yes, I make hundred percent my green smoothie in the morning or, you know, my oatmeal. Um, but then at night, right, I do crave that little bit of something and it doesn't have to be anything yeah. crazy. So I think it's uh yeah, still fun, fun things ahead. Um, we're very much focused more and more on females, actually, too. Um, naturally and you don't necessarily see that when you look on the website but 95 percent of our customers are female 95 percent wow and um they buy it also for the family though so it doesn't mean men are not using our mixes right but our audience is very very much the the female and to be fair i think in the in the health world i think women are trailblazing Right? I think they are truly committing to their health and like they're kind of just, we're just dragging you guys along, yeah. um, which I think is also totally fine. Uh, but yeah. we, we want to go deeper there. One of our mixes, right? Moon balance is for hormonal balance. Um, so we also see opportunities within her life, right? For me also having gone down through pregnancy, mm-hmm. and I think menopause is another one where we really can help women along their health journey because it is a little different than men. Men are a little more stable, so Mm -hmm. to say, right? Where women go through a lot of changes throughout their life with their hormones. And uh, uh, yeah, it's something I'm personally also very, very passionate about. And I'm excited to like see how we can support her more. Uh, I I don't think we, we appreciate women, you know, enough. I was, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and, and, a, and a huge point was made, which which I've reflected many times in my life, which is like, you know, women are the only, um, well, well the, that can bring life, you know, to to this world. You know, women bring life. They determine the next next generation of, of humans, of of communities, of, you know, people. And, and you know, they, they undergo a lot of changes, you know, um, and we need to sort of appreciate and celebrate that, right? Um, and um, one of the one last thing because I just something I'm always very passionate about um, because I 100% agree and I think it's very interesting right because so one of the things we've introduced in our company is called Moon Days and mm-hmm. um, that's basically one day a month where women when they have their period can do whatever they want right that can mean mm-hmm. you just at work but it can also mean you take a day off or you cancel all your meetings it's just you do what you can basically mm-hmm. and I think a lot of the workplace is still very much right built by men and we women entered the workplace. Um, but it's very much like still like we kind of adjusted to be operating more like men in there. And I think it's like, I, if I think about the next 10 years in the world and also in the workplace, it's like, how can we as women, right? Like show up in the workplace, but also just like truly be in our feminine and not only pretend like we're equal and we're men, right? Because we have to accept we are different mm-hmm. um, and not just accept it, that should be celebrated, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not something bad. Like to use a set, like we create life. Like, yes, mm-hmm. I'm hormonal and that is actually my superpower because some mm-hmm. weeks I'm very creative and some weeks I'm more this. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, 
I haven't figured it out yet, right? Because like obviously there's this it's it's very easy, like in the way we operate is so masculine. But how can we bring some bit more of the, like the powerful feminine in the workplace as well and, and really celebrate it? It's it's leadership. It's 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 putting more women like you, you know, giving more opportunity to women to 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 thrive, to to lead. And and so that empathy is top bottom. You know, that's the only way you can affect change from top to, to bottom. So it's really pushing that supply chain of of you know women empowering girls, I think, to 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 be more than you know what the stereotypical um you know messaging and stories are saying, you know, girls should be, you know, girls could be anything, you know, yeah. and, and um that next generation will change. I think so. It will change. I mean, it it has been changing, right? So I think it's always important to remember, like if you think 50 years back, like it it has been changing, but just because it has been changing, it doesn't mean it has to stop changing now, right? It's like, no, no. I talk about periods and all those things. And people are like, are you talking about it? I'm like, yeah. And maybe it's not normal now, but it's going to be normal. Just, just watch me. It's going to be normal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, um, you know, the, the seats, the, personal situations in which, you know, women I know um, had really high-flying corporate jobs and they go back and there's their spots been taken and they just can't settle down and they have to change again. It's, I see it over and over and over again. It's just, yeah. it's just the way, it's not, it's not just the way it is. It's, it's sad. It's the way things are now, but, you know, with more empathetic, you know, female leaders, you know, at the top, you know, those things would wouldn't perpetrate themselves because the the pattern is typically their boss is a man. Yeah, yeah. Well, and to be fair, I I think sometimes it's also women too. I don't think it's because I think I think in the, in the business world, right, there are those expectations. So I think sometimes even women in workplaces, right, we adjust to that, and we also can become very hard. So mm. I don't think always the man doing everything wrong to be honest i think it's very much the kind of that energy where we then all kind of just start to behave that way mm-hmm. um and i think the the empathy is needed and it's the same like with pregnancy leave or you know going through menopause i think those are things that we need to talk about more right or periods like they happen right and i think women are extremely powerful and strong and we are very good in just pretending we're fine and mm-hmm. just show up and pretend we're fine um, but I think if for a workplace, we could just have more of those very open conversations and, you know, recognize that those things are happening and really like think about how we can actually support women through those times. Yeah. It's, I, I, I get it. Right. Like if women are out for a year, sometimes yeah, in the U S it will never be a year. Right. But like, I know in Europe, there are countries where, you know, Germany it's very progressive. It's like a year. Holland's actually only four months. Um, wow. So that's pretty short. Um, it's it's super interesting. And I'm still going kind of through that journey as well. And obviously I started working a little bit, but also not full time. I think there's a power. I think as a mom, you get a lot of things done in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you're like, okay, he's sleeping. Oh my God. I like, I get to do it. It's <laughs> very short amount of time. Um, so I think also more part-time flexible work. I think moms are super powerful and your mind is still working when you're doing something else Suddenly, solutions come up right so mm-hmm. it's um it's the nine to five right that old model i think that is just not great when you're raising kids 
And I think it's like, how can we figure out something else and actually be open for that, right? That would work for women way more. And uh, because I think there are a lot of moms out there that maybe now are a full-time mom, but would love to actually like work a little bit as well. So mm-hmm. I think there's just a huge opportunity there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm thankful for COVID. I was speaking to a neighbor of, of mine over the weekend and he was like, he misses the pandemic. Obviously, you know, this is so nuanced, but we, we connected, you know, as neighbors, you know, over the pandemic. Okay. Let's get, let's circle back to, um, to your super again. And let's talk about what you think the future of like the food and beverage industry is. Just your thoughts, just a very open thought and and e-commerce, its convergence with e-commerce. And the other sort of question I want to loop back in to this is when you went um, into retail, when you started to, to do retail, what was the data telling you with regards to your customers, um, your your digital customers supporting you in store? Yeah, um, those two big questions. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, I mean, food and beverage is interesting. Uh, I didn't go, Michael went to Expo, uh, Expo West. Uh, there's not, there was not something that really like kind of blew his mind where like, oh my God, this is changing. Um, mm-hmm. Where I personally would like to see the future go and where I think it's going to go. Uh, but maybe that's just like my very optimistic mind, but I need to have that, is that I hope and see that products are becoming more and more clean. I think the ingredient label is becoming more and more important over the table. And that's something I really talk a lot. Actually, is one of my huge things in the book too. Mm. is like stop reading this table start reading what is the actual ingredient list right like what is actually in your food that you're eating um and i think the consumer is changing and i think brands are either going to get that or not um but i think that is truly what's going to become important we don't want to have this long ingredient list with a bunch of things in there which we actually don't know what they are um so i think that's a a consumer trend and um obviously that's going to take some time for all consumers to get there, but I think mm-hmm. that's moving. Um, and then for us, our online community has been a huge support in retail, um, even when we launched on Target Online and everything. Um, and I think it's very interesting what happens for us being in those stores. A, they were very excited where they were like, oh, I know this brand. I've you know been an early, early buyer and everything too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also made it a little more real for them too. Like, oh, now it's a real brand, right? When you're mm-hmm. in, Still, it gives you a little bit of that stab of like, oh, this you're not just this online brand, blah blah blah, right? But you're, it, it gives you a little bit more realness, authority of like, okay, they're like a like a real brand now. Mm-hmm. So that has been a really funny experience, kind of seeing that. And uh, what is also funny is like, oh, you must be huge. You're sold in Target, where I see the sales numbers mm-hmm. in Target, and I see the sales numbers online. I'm like, nah, I'm not sure if that's related. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's uh, that has been you know just funny things and and does packaging actually sort of encourage like customers to continue the journey online so it's a, let's say the discovery point was wasn't was was a target store a pick up yeah. a, a tub Do, how 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 clear is the fact that I could go to yoursuper.com or um is do you do you expect them that journey to be siloed to 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 store people just like you know we, physical store experiences? There there's some little nuggets on the packaging where you can kind of go enter the online world. Um 
you have to be gentle though right you cannot mm. just like yeah you, you are our, our logo used to be your super.com like we had to change that like that wow. was not fine retail so um i think it's gentle i personally love having people in our online world because i get to educate more right and like you you can you know you send them emails where you can educate it's more personal i can share more of my story what works for me you know like so i i always love like sharing pieces of that um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, a uh, it's a gentle, a gentle one, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I also like that your point on, on the ingredients list is, is becoming more important or is more important than, than the table. Yeah. Um, there like two nutritionists I follow on Instagram. One is Vani Harry. Um, she's called food babe and she yeah. just keeps calling out labels like, and she sort of gives, comparisons with um you know um uk this is what this brand looks like in the in in the eu versus this is what the brand looks like in the usa they say there's no sugar but these are the other you know sugar alternatives are essentially still still sugar and still ruin your hormones the same way sugar will or even worse um and then there's another one called glucose queen i think she's jesse ishinapse i think if if i didn't pronounce her surname forgive me she just talks about like um like insulin spikes, you know, your the glycemic index. She she sort of has this. Um, it's like a graph, um, and it's 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 a proprietary graph to her where she's like, if you eat this, this is what your sugar spike would look like. But if you eat this with this, your sugar spike will, will lower. I, I really like those two two influencers that are educating me about looking at the ingredients the ingredients list rather than just a oh, we say zero calories. Yeah, that, that doesn't say anything. Nothing. It's about, I mean, the ingredients is, it's just literally what it means. Know what you're eating. Yeah. Right. Truly know what you're putting into your body. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's important. And, and yeah. then you also, I mean, and for me, that's the most important first step because then at least you're conscious about what you're eating and then it's your decision. And if you feel okay with putting this other stuff in your mouth, like all good. Right. But at least know that it's there and look at it. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Final question before we go into our lightning round. Our lightning round is a segment of the show where, where I ask you a single question and if you could answer um, with a single answer, then we're, 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 we're okay. But this is a final question before we get into that, which is what's the retention rates like online? Um, and on Shopify, you're, you're in Shopify. Did you make the transition in Shopify back in the days or did you move to Shopify somewhere in 2017, 2016? We started, we were OG Shopify. Oh, wow. <laughs> I feel like we could talk for another hour. I'm just respectful of your time. Yeah. But I, th I think we could talk for another hour, but I want to be really respectful Maybe of your time. We talk one time about Shopify. Love. <laughs> um, I have been quite a journey with Shopify. Let's, let's, do, let's do it. <laughs> um, no, it's, um, it's, yeah. I mean, for us, basically, uh, we were in Shopify. Retention, obviously, super important. We were mm -hmm. always somewhere between like a little bit over 30%. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, I mean, it's very interesting because I think we come out of that era, right. Where it has been very strong and acquisition focus. And I've definitely been guilty of that as well. And I think right now, I think we're very much in an era of retention first, retention first, retention first. And, um, retention is fun, right? Because I think it's really the journey of like, I think if you're going to look at your retention, really first look at 
who is your customer trying to understand your customer? Because from there, you can actually then say, okay, what is the customer journey and how does it need to change based on what I've just learned about my customer, right? So uh, whether that's your email marketing flows, whether that's SMS, uh, but retention is everything. It's your confirmation page. It's the package they're getting. It's every single step of the customer's point is actually retention. Mm -hmm. So I think retention can feel very overwhelming because I think acquisition is very straightforward, right? You see your numbers and that's it. But I think in retention, there's a like, what is your CX doing? Uh, like, are they giving surprise experiences? It's one of the biggest opportunity to actually increase your retention. There's so many different buttons you can actually turn if you think about retention. Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, invite everyone to just have a lot of fun with that and uh, pick one area at a time, right? I think at some point we said, hey, let's just do like per month, one deep dive in one area. Because if you do it all at the same time, it, it just can feel like a lot. It's overwhelming, yeah. Yeah. And what's your take on retention at the level of a product? So let's say taste, because yeah. some people always talk about retention from a point of view of, oh, it's email marketing. It's it's going to be your customer support as the post-purchase experience. It's, yeah. it's, it's that. But in food and beverages particularly, you know, having a, a, a right taste profile is so important for people to say, okay, actually I'm hooked not necessarily addicted, but hooked to this taste and I, I will buy it again. I th- So I think we're funny in that way because we're more of a health product. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying taste does not have an effect because I see that some of our better tasting mixes ha- do have a higher retention, but people often buy it first for health, not for mm-hmm. taste first. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that is a, a, an important distinction. Um, but if you think about more of a snack, 100% taste first, right? So super, mm. super important. Um, how we've looked at it in the past, basically we just do different, a lot of customer surveys, right? Uh, but also really just your reviews and like setting that properly up and actually analyzing that data. Um, we have, uh, two years ago, we've made some changes to some of the products, not for margin reasons, which all our customers are like, how can you do this just for margins? I'm like, this was not for margin. <laughs> this was literally just to, you know, actually make the taste profile better. Uh, to make it easier for you to, you know, use those mixes. But a lot of the mixes are used. Uh, we have latte mixes, we have smoothie mixes. Some are just in water nowadays. Um, so especially just in water, obviously the taste is more important. But a lot of the more smoothie mixes, you get mm-hmm. to kind of decide also how you want to make them taste. And um, we don't add the sweeteners, right? Because okay. we want people to rather just put a banana to their smoothie if they want right. to have it sweet. Right, versus making the sweetest, best tasting green powders mix. So it's like, no, we have the most potent, healthiest one. And that has been yeah. a curable. Yeah, yeah. And then you own the taste, you know, whatever you want to do from a from a sweetness standpoint. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, let's jump right into the evergreen lightning, you know, round of questions. Um, or else I would just take another hour of your time. Yes. <laughs> okay. So what advice would you give to yourself five years ago? Ooh, five years ago, um, enjoying the ride more. Mm. I think it's um, just enjoy the ride because it's not about the end, end game. It's just like truly enjoy the journey and and, and the ride and of, of building and interacting with customers, building the team and all those mm. things. So you're d- deep into outcomes. Okay. Well, Are you a morning person? Yeah. Okay. So what does your morning routine look like? Um, so I had a very set morning routine, uh, with the baby. I've learned to be more flexible. However, it's still the same, but I'm just more flexible. <laughs> uh, 
drinking water. Um, I meditate. I and sometimes longer, sometimes shorter. Doesn't really matter. I moved, so that is either I do some Pilates often, just 15, 20 minutes at home very quickly. And I like to just go at least for one walk a day. Um, and then I will um, quickly journal, just my highlights from the day before. And I um, read a couple pages in a book, one, two pages, that's it. Um, and then I also, and this is quite a lot, I realize what I do actually. Yeah. All these days. They don't have to take a lot of time. Um, while I walk, I might listen to some affirmations. I'm a huge fan, and this mm. is more recent, but I listen to affirmations from Louise Hay. I think she's fantastic. From and who? Louise Hay. Louise Hay, okay. She's okay. not there anymore. She passed away, but um, she's been one of the OGs of affirmation. She's fantastic. Um, to just kind of like get those very positive sentences of how you think about life, like your belief systems are so important. So, mm-hmm. huge fan of that. Uh, and a huge green smoothie. Big or a berry smoothie, but just a big smoothie. Um, and if I'm still hungry because I'm still nursing, so often also some oatmeal as well. Mm-hmm. Super, super. I, I like the routine. I like the routine. I would um, in the in the show notes. I'll, I will go through it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I know you're a sports person and you're into sports. What's your favorite team or athlete? Ooh, um, I feel it has always been changing over the years. Um, I mean, right now I, I still really like Djokovic because he, I think he really gets also the food part, mm-hmm. right? I think everyone's like, oh my God, how this is, I mean, he's eating different. He's using more holistic healing methods and to really, you know, power up his body. So I think it's, uh, he sets a great example for other athletes as well. Amazing. What two things can't you live without? Uh, two, two things you said, right? Yeah. Two things. Well, I probably should say it's stupid, but actually I can live without my phone. That's not true. Water. <laughs> I cannot live without water. water. Good filtered, good filtered water. Let's put it this way. I don't drink any water. Good filtered water. Okay. Um, and I think right now, uh, actually without just my little family, because yep. I think that uh, is really like Michael as well as like being around Leo. It's... Um, that's kind of everything that's most important. Oh, bless, bless, bless. Okay. What book are you currently reading or listening to? Uh, I forgot the exact title, but I'm reading this book every morning, which I love. And it's from the UK. So maybe you can help me out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's from the, uh, where he interviewed all uh, famous people on their number one advice, uh, which I absolutely love. It's from the founder from... Not Tim Ferriss, not the... No, I'm going to say, you know what? It's going to be in the show notes, everyone. Okay. So yeah, we will, we will. No worries, no worries, no worries. It's, final. it's a great book. Okay, final question. Yes. What's been your best mistake to date? By that, I mean a setback that's given you the biggest feedback. Mm. I, um, I think it is... I mean, we've made so many mistakes over the years. Um... But it's probably even just like our biggest setback, which I don't know if it's a mistake, right? But like for Michael being sick was the biggest setback probably in our lives. But mm-hmm. actually, if you think about it now, and he always says that, he's like, actually, it was the best day of my life. And um, so I think that's for anyone of you, for everyone, it's like your worst day can become your best day, right? So yeah. if you're in a time, and I, I think over the years, more of those moments, you know, not that magnitude, but other moments have happened. But if I now always look back, 
it's always it's always okay and i think it's interesting because if you're in the moment itself sometimes it's hard to see but what i nowadays tell myself is just like everything happens for a reason that's like a core belief system of mine um so even when there are low moments i tell myself that and just kind of trust that only good out of that situation will come and i think that like really helps you still like even when things are not going good in the business, like I used to be kind of the business was good. I was good. The business was bad. I was bad. Right. And it's a very unhealthy relationship. Um, And I kind of decoupled that and actually not even in life or in the business, like whatever is happening, like I can have that very steady emotional line because of, you know, that belief system and that trust. Yeah. Yeah. 100% agree with you, Christelle. Christelle, it's been an Absolute pleasure having you on the 2X e-commerce um, show. For those people who want to find out more about your brand, it's your super and we'll link to, to your book. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. We will link to your book and um, we we just thank you for, for coming on to the 2X e-commerce podcast. Thank you for having me. It was, uh, I do feel we could have talked. We already talked for so long. <laughs> this is this is one hour, 20 minutes. I'm, I'm telling you, if you give me another hour, we'll, we'll be, I promise, we'll, we'll be at it. Next time. Everyone, right. we'll do that. <laughs> Cheers.